Thanks, Maddie. It's so good to have you here today. And um, big shout out to all our visitors that have come for the water baptisms and for those watching online. It's awesome to have you with us today. Hey, we're going to jump straight into uh, a scripture we've been sitting in for the last two weeks. Uh, I wonder if you know it off by heart. Acts 2.42. Can anyone tell me what it says? Cheats. Says this. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That word fellowship there means common purpose in the Greek. And the breaking of bread really means that they were hanging out together. They were doing meals together. They were doing all sorts of things. And, And I think it's so important that we look at this piece of Scripture because I think in this piece of Scripture we can see some of the true indicators or some of the key things that the early church did that caused it to be that community that saw the world turned upside down. And, and the thing that I see from it this week, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, is, is they're absolutely connected to a bunch of things. It, it says that they, were, they devoted themselves, but they connected to some particular things. They, they connected to the Word of God, the Apostles' teaching. They connected to the purpose of God and fellowship. They connected with one another by breaking bread, and they connected to prayer. There, there's an intentional thing there where they are making sure that they are staying connected to the critical and important things of life, the Word of God, the purpose of God, the people of God, and prayer. And, and it's so vital that as we do life or as we walk this journey with God, that we make sure that we have the right connections, that we stay connected to the right things. In John 15, 5 to 6, is a, a famous piece of scripture, but it says, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Everybody say nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. It's nice, isn't it? But Jesus here is saying, I am the vine, you, as a me and you, are the branches. The branch has to be connected to the vine because it's through the connection to the vine that the branch gets what it needs. The branch can't get the nutrients and the sustenance that it needs to be able to produce if it's disconnected from the vine. The branch can only get the strength it needs everything else that it needs when it is connected to the vine. If it disconnects from the vine, the branch, you and I, end up withering and basically dying. There needs to be a connection. We have to choose to be connected. Choose to be connected. I don't know if you've ever dropped anything really important. You know, you've been carrying something and you drop something really important. I I can remember a long time ago when the kids were little, because children, when they ride in your car, somehow think that it's also a rubbish tip. Yes, when they're young, you don't have that problem? I didn't have that problem when I was in the car. We tended to have that problem when Trinity was in the car without me. Okay, don't be serious. Wow. But anyway, we've done this one trip, and I'm looking in the back seat 
area, the kids jump out of the car when they're little like they do because they don't think, pick up their rubbish, do they? They're just like <laughs> running inside. And, and, and I'm looking in these empty chip packets. Don't judge me. Chip packets, chips, a good thing to do when you're on a long drive. Um, empty water bottles, shoes, because how many people know parents, we just buy shoes so kids can take them off and throw them in the back seat? You don't actually buy them for kids to wear. They just, they just take them off and leave them at school somewhere, on the field somewhere. That's why you, when you go out and buy shoes, just buy about 10 pairs. That should last you about three months. Um, and there's shoes, there's jackets. I, I see it sometimes here too in, in, in the foyer, and I'm looking at these poor parents with young children, and they've got, they've got jackets, they've got shoes, they've got the, the, the craft stuff from Revive Kids, and they're juggling a thousand and one things as they're walking around. And, and, and so I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I'm going I'm to pick up that stuff, clean up the car, and get inside. Now, I'm the kind of person, I'm a one-trip kind of person. Have we got any other one-trippers here? You know, when there's 20 bags of groceries, we're taking all 20 at one. We are not coming back to the car. Come on. Can I get a one-trip people? Give me some love in this place. So I'm a one-trip kind of person. So I'm just like, I've got my phone. I've got my wallet. I've got the car keys. I've got the empty water bottles. I've got the rubbish. I'm carrying it all, um, as you do, and, um, because I'm not, I'm not coming back a second time. I'm a one-trip kind of guy. There's stuff everywhere. I'm juggling it. And you know, as you're doing that and you slowly start to feel stuff slipping, you know that moment? And you're like, man, I'm in danger of having to do a second trip. So you make an adjustment to stop it from slipping. The problem was in making the adjustment, what happened is I I dropped my phone and smashed the screen. Everything else stayed in my arms. The chip packets, the empty water bottles. It was just the important thing that dropped and smashed. And as I'm looking at this important phone smashed, I look at myself and I realize there's several unimportant water bottles that I'm still holding on to. The thing I needed the most, I dropped. And if we're not careful in life, we can find ourselves holding all the wrong things and dropping the important things. We hold on to things that should be, we should be dropping and we drop things that we should be holding on to and staying connected to. Here's the great news. We're not the only people that do this. There are others. And there's a story in the book of Ruth and there's a story about Ruth and, and Naomi is Ruth's mother-in-law. And Naomi was born and raised in Bethlehem. But the problem is, is that at this time in the story, Bethlehem had a problem. It had a, it had a famine, and so there was no food. And so because there was no famine, Naomi and her family left Bethlehem and went on to a place called Moab. And we pick up the story in Ruth 1, 3 to 5. It says, now, Imelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite woman, one named Orpah. All week I've been saying Oprah, but it's not Oprah, it's Orpah and the other Ruth. After they lived there about 10 years, both Malan and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. How many people know going to Moab didn't work out too well for Naomi? It didn't really work out for her. Her husband and her sons died, and she is now left with no one. And when you understand the culture of the day, 
is that without her husband or without sons, she had nobody to look after her. All she had was her two daughters-in-law, and Naomi, in her grief, decides to leave and go back to Bethlehem. And I think that Naomi not only was grieving for her husband and her two sons, but I think she's also had another grief in her life. I think that there was also another grief of her disconnection that she felt to God that she had in Bethlehem. You see, the Moabites didn't worship God. They had all these other gods that they worshipped. And so Naomi did not have that community of believers around her that she would have had in Bethlehem to support her through this time. They had other idols or false idols that they worshipped, not the true living God that Naomi worshipped. And so in Bethlehem, they might have been running out of food and there might have been a problem there, but at least they worshipped the God that she worshipped. Being in Moab meant that she had lost her connection to the community of believers and could, that could not help her get through this time. And so she decides she's going to return back to Bethlehem, the place of her promised land that God promised that he would provide for her there. And so she gets ready to leave for, for Bethlehem and she tells Orpah and Ruth, and she basically says to them, hey, you, you don't need to come with me. You, are, you, you don't have to do that anymore. You can go home if you want to. In verse 14, it goes on, it says, At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And, we, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. That's pretty intense, isn't it? Opa and Ruth had to make a choice in this moment. Are they going to go home or are they going to go with Naomi to Bethlehem? Ruth decides to go to Bethlehem with Naomi. She chooses to stay connected to Naomi. And because of her connection to Naomi, if you read the rest of the story, Ruth goes on to be greatly blessed because of her connection to Naomi, whereas Orpah chooses to drop her connection to Naomi and Ruth and returns home, and we never hear from her again. She's not mentioned again in Scripture in any way whatsoever. So how, how, what did Orpah do? Or maybe what are some things that Orpah did that dropped her connection? Or how is it that we easily drop our connections that God intends for us to have because we're holding on to other things that we shouldn't be holding on to, and we drop the things that are important. I think there's three things that we can find ourselves holding on to at times that we shouldn't hold on to that causes us to drop the things that are important and causes us to drop our connection. The first one is, I believe sometimes we're holding on to conflict. You see, Naomi left Bethlehem to go to Moab because there was a problem, there's no food. The problem caused her to leave the land that God had given them and promised to provide for them because there was famine going on. Can I say this to you this morning? Don't leave your promised land just because there's a problem. 
Don't leave the place which God has called you to just because there's a problem. Don't give up on what he has promised you just because there's a problem. God is big enough and great enough to still come through for you with his promises in spite of the problem. Just because a problem is present doesn't mean that God can't fulfill his promise. Sometimes you have to be committed to stay in the promised land when it looks like it's nothing but problem land. Maybe you're carrying a conflict. Maybe you saw something in church that bothered you, the way that the leadership was or the way that the church was run. Friend, you'll find that in any church you look at across this globe. Maybe, maybe it's something that somebody said to you or did to you, and you find yourself holding conflict. And the problem with that is, is that when we hold on to conflict, it actually affects our connection because we can turn up to church like this, and because we're holding on to conflict, we actually don't let a thing of the word get into us. We don't worship God the way we used to worship him because our connection is affected because we're holding on to conflict. Drop the conflict and hold on to the connection. Regardless of what you're going through, don't drop the connection that God has given you. You have to drop the conflict. If I was not a person that was able, and I'm not saying I do it instantaneously, but I've had to drop conflict over the last 15 years that we've been here. I've had to drop conflict because if I don't drop conflict, I'm going to lose my connection. Second thing is, is that we can be, first thing is holding on to conflict, but the second thing that can stop your connection is you're holding on to comfort. See, Ruth could leave Naomi and go home to where it was comfortable for her, go back to her hometown, to her own people, where it was comfortable for her, or she could remain connected. And Ruth chose her connection over her comfort. She chose to stay connected to Naomi over being comfortable. And if you re- for you to remain connected, hear me when I say this today, for you to remain connected, it will always come at the sacrifice of your comfort. I want to do something for God. We'll be willing to be uncomfortable. I'm pretty sure this moment was fairly uncomfortable. I want God to do this. We'll then be ready for discomfort. Because your connection to God always comes at a sacrifice to your comfort. Oh, well, you know, don't really wake up this morning and I'm just tired. And so I think I'll just watch online this morning, not dishing anybody online. You might be sick or have a real reason. But if we're honest with ourselves, hey, if we're honest with ourselves, statistics around the world say that 30% of people after COVID have not returned back to church. Why? Because they just got comfortable doing other stuff. They've dropped their connection for comfort. Your comfort will always be in competition with your calling. There will always be a battle between you wanting to be comfortable and you fulfilling the calling. Because it's not comfortable to fulfill a calling with God. I mean, you look at, you look at the Apostle Paul. Stoned, not as in but stoned, whipped, beaten, shipwrecked. It's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. And the thing that we can sometimes drop our connection with God because we choose comfort over calling. We choose the comfort over calling. The comfort of Wednesday night TV over the calling of meeting in a small group. 
the comfort of turning up at quarter past 10 on a Sunday because nobody gets here at 10 because I don't know what it is in the Christian world. They just think everything runs 15 minutes late. We can turn up late for church, but we don't turn up late for work because somehow our boss deserves more honor than God does. Anyway, we'll just move on from that. Um, I had an old pastor used to say this, the world demands excellence, but God deserves it. The comfort always will get in the way of our calling, and so we rock up 15 minutes in, and we leave as soon as it's finished. Why? Because it's comfortable for us. Oh, I don't really like talking to people. That's okay. Maybe some people don't like talking to you, but let's get out of our comfort zone, and let's become people of purpose, common purpose, fellowship, breaking the bread with one another. You know? Come on. This is what we're meant to be. They will know that you're my followers because of your love for one another, not because as soon as church finishes, piss them out the door. Come on, just, I encourage you to stick around today. There's soup for starters. But your comfort will always compete with your calling. And if Ruth was here right now, I should say, don't let your com- comfort compromise your connection. Don't let the comfort compromise your connection. The third thing that I think that causes us to lose connection is we hold on to clutter. Everyone say clutter. Clutter is the unnecessary things we hold on to, yes? The clutter we hold on to really prevents God from giving you his best. Things we don't really have a use for, but somehow we find ourselves holding it. That was me with the empty water bottles. What use is an empty water bottle? Oh, you can fill it back up again. Yeah, but in that moment... What use was it to me in that moment? It was of no use whatsoever. And somehow we can find ourselves holding on to the wrong things. What I should have done is dropped the water bottles and held on to the phone. Yeah? I should have dropped the water bottles and held on to the phone because the water bottles were just clutter. And we live in a society today that wants to keep handing you empty water bottles. They want to keep handing you their clutter of their views, of what they think is right, of their truths. This is what's true to me. This is how I feel, so it must be true because I feel it. Well, I feel like I'm a billionaire, but my bank manager doesn't agree with me. And so they're handing you empty water bottles, and just because the world hands it to you doesn't mean that you have to hold it. The more clutter I have, the more likely it is that I'm going to drop something important. And some of us have a a lot of clutter in our lives. We're holding on to things that entertain us, but doesn't empower us. We're holding on to things that soothe us, but they don't save us. And meanwhile, the critical things we are dropping, time in the Word of God, time in prayer, our Sunday attendance around the world is dwindling and has been dropped and, and that relationship that you think you really, really, really got to have with her or him is actually just clutter. And some of you know what I'm talking about, because even though when you broke up with them, it really, really hurt you. When you look back, you realize that relationship was just clutter. Guys, if she's a high-maintenance girl, run. <laughs> run away from the clutter. If he's a lazy slob who won't do anything with you, run away from the clutter. Not if you're married, if you're just dating. (laughs) 
I just saw a few wives elbowing husbands and I was getting a bit worried there. The things we hold on to a lot of the time is just clutter. I've got to be part of that latest drama. Let's start messaging. Hey, what's going on? I've got, uh, my, I have a need for multiple social media accounts. I have my private one, my public one, my close friends one. I've got, and I have to have them. I need them. Um, all those things are just clutter. And here's the thing. Don't be upset when God cuts off the things that aren't critical, that you think are critical, because to him they're just clutter, and clutter affects your connection. Don't let clutter get in the way of being connected to what is critical. And so I have a question. What are the empty water bottles in your life that you're holding on to, which causes you to drop what is significant? Because here's the thing. The enemy, the devil, is after your connection. He's not after your life. He's after your connection. He's after your connection with God. He, his focus is to get you to disconnect from him because he knows that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And if he can disconnect us from the vine, we will not get what we need to be able to live life. Because everything, God's purpose for your life, flows through the connection to the vine. And so the enemy's biggest target on your life is your connection to God. He actually doesn't mind you chasing prosperity as long as you drop the connection. He actually doesn't mind you traveling and doing holidays and long weekends and all that sort of stuff as long as you drop the connection. He doesn't mind you getting consumed with your hobbies as long as you drop your connection. He wants you to disconnect from the vine because he knows if you disconnect from the vine, eventually you'll die out. I used to have to work from home long before it was popular to work from home. I was, I think Maddie was only about four at the time and, and, I, and I had an office in the home that I was working out of and, and it was... I found it, I don't know about you guys, but I found it really bad because I just wanted to go and play with her all the time and, and she would just open the door and go, Daddy, what are you doing? And, I, and then that's the end of work for about an hour or so, you know? Okay, just me. And, and this one day I got up and, and I had some urgent stuff that I needed to do and, and I open up my laptop and I log it in and it just won't connect to the internet. It, it just wouldn't connect to it. So I'm checking the connections on the laptop I, I do the old classic, you know, turn it off, turn it back on again, because, you know, that's the first thing when you ring up IT for support. Have you turned it off and turned it back on again? <laughs> anyway, sorry, maybe you haven't experienced that. I've checked all the connections to the laptop. I delete the software and reinstall it again. Still nothing. So I finally ring up IT, which is in the head office in Australia, and, and I'm saying to him, Hans, I can't get on to the internet. And he goes, have you checked the power? Yes, I've checked the power connection. My computer's plugged in. I've turned it off and on. I've deleted the software, reloaded it again. You know, like I've checked. No, no, no. Have you checked the modem's power? (laughs) 
I'll call you back. <laughs> and of course, one of those lovely little visits that my four-year-old daughter had come in and joined me with, she had accidentally stood on the power cord to the modem and unplugged the modem. And so the problem was not the computer. The problem was there was a lack of connection to the modem and things in our lives uh, when they're not showing up the way that they should be, what we need to do is we need to check the connection. I couldn't get the internet to where I couldn't get on to our online platform. And we need to check the connection when things aren't working out the way that we believe they should or the way that the word says it should. We need to check our connection. We, what we tend to do is we tend to troubleshoot like I did. Turn it off, turn it on, delete reinstall. We, we try all sorts of things in our own ability, different things to try and get things going again and get things connected again. And, and, and we get to this place sometimes in our walk with God where we don't hear from God like we used to. I want to encourage you, check the connection. You don't have the joy that you used to have in your life. Check the connection. If you don't have the peace that you typically would have, check the connection, because the most important thing that you carry is your connection to Christ. And so don't drop that connection. It is the main thing that the devil is after. And how do we know that? Because God sent his son 2,000 years ago to die on the cross for you and me so that he could reconnect with those that he had created, you and I. That's why Christ died. Yes, to remove sin. Yes, to deal with it, but to restore connection between you and him. And so that we can boldly go into his presence now because he sent his son. God understands the importance of connection. The devil understands the importance of connection. I want you to understand the importance of your connection. Don't drop the connection. So what are some things that we can do that will help us stay connected? The first thing is, I believe, is that you need to choose to be connected to God's presence. Ruth decided to go with Naomi to Bethlehem, to the place where God was worshipped, to the place of his presence. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Ruth says to her, hey, 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 your God will become my God. And Naomi understood the importance of being in the presence of God. And that's why she left Moab, not just because she had lost her sons and her husband, but she needed to get back to the place of promise. You can connect with God the most when you're in environments that cultivate the presence of God. This is why Sunday is so important, because when you get in that environment that cultivates the presence of God, it's easy to connect with him. It's not, it's not that his presence had left Naomi. It's just that Moab wasn't the right environment for cultivating his presence because they worshipped other things. And the reason why we do all that we do here is to try and create environments that cultivate the presence of God because in the presence of God, one moment can change everything. One moment so here's my challenge. Let's be committed to being in his presence. If you have dropped the connection because of conflict or because of comfort or because of clutter, then I encourage you, let's connect back into his presence. 
Because in his presence, the weak are made strong. In his presence, the broken are made whole. In his presence, the hurting are healed. In his presence, the lame begin to walk. In his presence, the blind begin to see. In his presence, the deaf begin to hear. In his presence, anything is possible. And we need to make a commitment to being in his presence. Second thing is we need to make a choose to be connected to God's people. Ruth said, where you go, I'll go. I'm not leaving you. I'm sticking with you. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. Matthew 8, 18, 20 says this, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Here's the thing that we've got to understand is God joins with us when we join with each other. God joins with us when we join together. It's like God's like, can, can you two... Hey, hey, can you guys can you guys just get together? Because then I can come. He's like, he wants to come to the party, but he's waiting for you. The invitation is not the way that you get God to rock up into your world is not by inviting him personally, but by connecting with each other, and then he just joins the party. He's the biggest gate crasher on the face of the planet. We're two or three go from there. Uh, I don't think we invited. It's all good, I'm here. I brought the drinks. That's what he does. He joins with us when we join with each other. And God's greatest blessing for you will come through those you choose to be connected to. That's why you have that saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. The greatest blessings that come into your life come through those that you choose to be connected to. Hey, husbands. Man, there was a big opportunity for you right then. Some of you should have gone, yes, amen. And you would have got brownie points like you would never have believed. But you lost it. And now you're in deficit because you didn't say anything in that moment. <laughs> Ruth goes to Bethlehem with Naomi. She ends up marrying Boaz. Ends up the great-grandmother of King David. And through David, the promise that the Messiah would come through their family line. The prophecy of promised blessings for Ruth all came through her connection to Naomi and going to Bethlehem. Who you connect with is going to make a big difference in your life. Could it be that your greatest blessing lies within your connection? It unlocked Ruth's calling, but could your inability to connect with God's people actually be blocking your greatest blessing because you're resisting connection? We can come along to Sundays and we can be committed to God's presence, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're committed to God's people because we can be committed to his presence and then as soon as its service finishes, like I said, we leave. We don't stick around, we don't talk to anyone, we go home. You can be connected to God's presence, but not be connected to God's people. I want to encourage you, stick around afterwards, talk to people, get into a small group, serve on a team. You can sign up to serve on teams today out in the foyer. Get connected. We need to connect with people of faith that put their trust in God and encourage us and pray for us. We need that connection. If I can just get Zoe to come up onto the keys, it would be awesome.
If she's not here, someone else can jump on. Choose. Last one is choose to be connected to God's power. When you choose to be connected to God's presence, when you choose to be connected to God's people, then you're bound to see an increase of God's power in your life. Ruth said this to Naomi, May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. This is a prayer from Ruth. It's a, it's a prayer of commitment to connection with Naomi. And you connect to God's power through prayer. Whenever you pray, you connect to God's power. And when I was little, I had one of these. I'd just like to say no elephants were hurt in this illustration. I had one of these. Anybody else have one of these? You know, you, you hit them and they bounce back up again. You kick them and they bounce back up again. You tackle them and they bounce back up again. And, and I, when I was little, I, I didn't have an elephant one. I, I had a Batman one. But the real Batman, you know, boom, kapow, those ones. The old school. And I remember when I was little, I, I, would, I would hit it and it just bounced back up again. I'd hit it and it bounced back up again. And I thought to myself, when I get older and I get stronger, I'm going to hit that so hard one day, it's never going to come back up again. How many people know that never happened? It just kept coming back up again. No matter what I did, it just kept coming back up again. I kicked it. I tackled it. I punched it. It just kept coming back up again. It didn't matter what I did to it. It just kept coming back up again. And then the older I got, I realized that it had something on the inside of it that enabled it to bounce back every time. That There was a special weight on the bottom of it that no matter how it got hit, no matter how it got kicked, no matter what was thrown at it, it continually bounced back up again. And the Bible says this, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. And what that does is it gives us an ability to bounce back up again. It doesn't matter what's thrown at you. It doesn't matter what problem comes your way. You have an ability to bounce back up again because you have something on the inside of you that weighs you down. And because of what's on the inside of you, it doesn't matter what hits on the outside of you because you will always bounce back up. It doesn't matter what hits you from the outside because the power of God that you have on the inside, you will always bounce back up again. God says, because you have a connection to my power, you always bounce back up. You might get hit by a storm, but you'll bounce back up. You might get kicked by trouble, but you'll bounce back up. You might get pushed by a problem, but you'll bounce back up. You, you can take whatever you want from me, enemy. You can take whatever you decide to do to my life, but you're not going to take my connection because I need my connection because my connection allows me to bounce back up again. That was a little bit harder than the other ones. It allows me to bounce back up again. Why? Because I choose to be connected to His presence. I choose to be connected to His people. And I choose to be connected to His power. I made a choice just like Ruth did. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you the whole time. We're going to stay connected. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We choose to be connected. Connected to His presence. 
connected to his people and connected to his power. And I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't even know fully everything that's happened to you in the last two years. Some of you are at home today watching online because there's still COVID happening in your house or there's sickness or in in some people's case, maybe you've lost your job. I don't know what it is, but I know this, that if we connect to His presence, if we connect to His people and we connect to His power, it doesn't matter what comes our way, we will bounce back up again because we have something on the inside of us that is far weightier than anything on the outside. It's His presence, it's His people, and it's His power. We have to, like the early church, choose to stay connected. That we're connected to His Word, that we're connected to His purpose, that we're connected to His people, and that we're connected to prayer. I want to encourage you this morning, Don't stay disconnected because of conflict, comfort, or clutter. Drop the stuff that is not critical to get the connection back that matters. Why don't you all close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know everybody in this room. I don't know everything that's going on in your life, but I know this. I know that God loves you enough that He brought you here today for you to hear Him say, hey, I died on the cross for you so that we could be connected. I love you that much. My relationship with you is that important that I sacrificed my son for it. If if you've heard nothing else this morning, that there should motivate you to go, you know what, I really want to stay connected to his presence. I really want to make sure I'm dropping the unimportant things and holding on to the critical things. And if you're here today and you're like, man, I I really want to stay connected. I really want to grab that connection again. I I probably dropped it in some ways. And you know what? It's okay if you have. We've all done it. We've all been there. Some of us may even do it again. I've had times where I've dropped that connection, even while pastoring. I know it sounds bad, doesn't it? But we're all human and we all make those mistakes from time to time. But I'm telling you right here, right now, the single most important thing to you is your connection to Christ. You will not survive the storms. You will not survive the problems. You will not survive if you don't have that connection. The enemy wants to take you out and he takes you out by separating you from the vine so that you eventually die off. And today is your day where you can say, you know what, I want to re-engage in that connection. I want to re-engage in that connection with God. I want to re-engage in that connection with God's people. And I want to re-engage in that connection to prayer and His power. If that's you here today and you're like, Craig, would you pray for me that God would help me reconnect in all of those areas? Just one, not one's looking around. I'm going to ask you really soon just to stick up your hand if you're like, Craig, would you pray for me to, do, to be able to do that? And I'm going to pray for you. And, and then we're going to go and have soup and you can sign up for a service team and all that sort of stuff. But if you're here today and you're like, man, I, I need my connection restored. I, I need to check my connection. I need God to help me reconnect with Him today. If that's you in this place, why don't you lift your hand 
right now. And as soon as I see it, I'll ask you to put it down. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Is anybody else like that today? Thank you. You can put your hand down. Is anybody else like that today? Father, you see hands that were lifted of people saying, I want to reconnect with his presence. I want to reconnect with his people. I want to reconnect with his power. Father, I pray that you would come Holy Spirit right now. Walk through every single life that's in this room right now. And where there's loose wires or where there's a loose connection, God, I pray that you would you would fix that right in this moment. That there'll be a restoration of connection. And that there'll be a sense of your power surging through every part of their lives today, tomorrow, and the rest of this week. I pray, God, that you would do something miraculous right now in this moment for them. And I come against every principality and power, every demonic thing that has tried to destroy their connection. And we break that power off their lives right now. We break off shame. We break off condemnation. We break off things of the past. And we say, you will not touch that connection again. Father, strengthen that connection right now. In Jesus' name, that as they walk into this week, that they'd feel so connected to your presence, your people, and your power, that we would have testimonies coming out of this place of what God has done in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I just want to let you know uh, uh, what's happening with the subdivision um, before we have soup. And um, this week, everything will be 100% completed. It's taken us... Thank you. I, I didn't do anything. But it's, it's taken us a while and a, and a few fights and a, and a few um, grumpy emails and stuff like that to finally get the last of it done. So, so um, the power's getting all connected up and the streetlights are going in this week. And, um, and then, then it's in the hands of, of the council to do their thing. And so what we're really asking you to pray for is that the whole process that the council has to go through would go very, very, very quickly because um, council doesn't seem to have any kind of urgency about anything they do. And so we really want, uh, we're believing that by the middle of October, uh, we'll have titles. And so by the end of October, October, they would have all the funds come in because uh, we've pre-sold all 12 sections. And so, you know, we're just waiting for titles. And so if you could pray that, that that would happen really, really quickly, that God's hand would be upon it, that we wouldn't have any problems, that it would just be incredibly successful, that would be awesome. Really appreciate you doing that. And don't forget to sign up to one of the teams as you leave today. If you have signed up in the last two weeks, someone will be in contact with you this week. Um, and we'd love to get you engaged and involved and connected to God's people and connected to God's purpose in this place. And, uh, but otherwise, why don't you stick around and connect with each and every one of us over a bowl of soup and some bread.